Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Greetings, nerds. This is Zena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? Doing fine. I'm doing fine. I do not have the coronavirus. I do not have the coronavirus either, but it is But it is here in North Carolina but uh, and many other places in the United States, but folks, just wash your hands, okay? <laughs> wash your hands. Your hygiene regimen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just you know, be be a basic, healthy, cleansing, like, and and safe person. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But yeah. um, so we're gonna actually we're not here to talk about the coronavirus, even though both Will and I feel like it's taking over our lives in professionally. Um, but we are here to talk about some news, and then we have some TV shows to discuss. Very probably going to be a short show today, guys, um, because, you know, this week, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really quick. And yet, I'm like, what happened this week? Uh, you, I even forgot about the Batmobile image. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a couple days ago. So what did, what did you think about the Batmobile? I like it. I it falls in line with the suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Reeves clearly has a vision for the world he's trying to construct. Um, and now that I really am thinking about it, the the world, it's it's not the Tim Burton goth world. Right. It's also not the uberly realistic. Like, this is a real, almost could be a New York City-type vibe in modern day from Christopher Nolan. There's, like, a weird cross, and it and it feels very 90s to me. And I don't yeah. know how intentional that is, but it feels very 90s. And that would make sense, given that it's, it's my understanding that the Batman is set in his second year of operation. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you go with that, like you said, at '90s vibe, it it would potentially sync up with um, what we potentially saw in. Well, I guess I guess Batman Begins was early 2000s, but you know you could still make it work within that universe if you wanted to go like the the Nolan Bat, or um, or even heaven forbid the um, recent DCEU version with with Batfleck. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I like it. I like the the art direction, the way these images are coming out. There's a clear style. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's important. It it feels familiar but also new. And yeah. 
that's very important. Um, but then again, we all know how I feel about just talking about images. I, I want to see the trailer before I can be like, this was a great idea or this is going to suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. But I, but the images that uh, they have released so far, I, I, I'm getting pretty excited about this film. I, I think you're right. Um, uh, from We joked about uh, Pattinson's jawline at the reveal of the suit and then of course we had the the bat cycle images that we uh i guess that was about a week or so ago and, mm-hmm. and now we have this and I, I i'm getting excited for this film yeah absolutely um and don't forget with all of the craziness going on that the star girl starts on may 11th on the dcu app and may 12th it'll air on cw yeah. Well, I'm not going to watch this show. Why are we talking about this? I well, we have fans <laughs> in the Arrowverse and DC universe that may want to watch this show, and and maybe if you know, I'm, they can give us some tips if they think it's worth our time to to watch. It's a 13 episode season, so uh, it it definitely will be sort of that. It, it could be a potential bridge show for us if folks if there's a lot of positive buzz for it. But positive buzz. Maybe, maybe even then. I don't know anymore. Um, Also in line with Arrowverse, Melissa Benoist and Chris Wood are expecting their first child. This news was insane to me because I could have sworn when I last, when I was watching the most recent episode of Supergirl, I had a thought that is she pregnant? I have no idea why, but it just bleeped it. It went in my mind. I'm like, I wonder. I wonder, and and maybe it was how they were editing around her or something, or she was mm. wearing like a a shirt that looked a little bit big on her for some reason, and I was just like, oh, I wonder if she's expecting. Yeah, it's very possible. I, I still haven't gotten more, haven't seen more details about how this impacts season five filming or or season six, and but yeah, you know, maybe you may you you you're. you're sleuthing senses may have been on there we're clearly we're, maybe we're onto something if it uh, if it indeed had already you know maybe she had told the producers and stuff and just now is revealing it publicly since she's really maybe starting to obviously show yeah yeah i don't know but good for them they're um they're really a success story and i'm glad that they are um probably gonna make some really pretty babies Probably, probably that, that kid that kid won the genetic lottery. Yeah, <laughs> probably in the humor department too. Gonna have some good comedic timing. <laughs> oh man! So the rise. Okay, see, you know it's a slow news week when the rise of Skywalker continues to be brought up and brought up and brought up. the The movie was released months ago, y'all. Get over it. It happened. It's in our little, you know, it's on our movie libraries now. Um, it's done. And I get, yeah, they released a novel about it. And the novel is is claiming everyone and their mother and their father, I should say, is a clone. However, (laughs) I do not read the novels. I don't give a crap if they're canon or not, because my canon is the freaking movies and my fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) 
as soon as I, I had to say, I, 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 I was, I was saving, saving it for tonight as far as our, rec- our recording. When I saw that they said the kiss between Kylo and, and Ray was was not romantic, I, I I I thought of you and I was like, nope, I'm just going to hold on. I'm just going to save it for tonight so I could just hear you hear, hear like, your hear your hear your rant real time. <laughs> put the salt on the wound. What the kind of bullshit is that? We're gonna we're gonna give some of the audience what they want. Yeah, and yeah, there's an actual audience who loves Raylo. And then we're gonna take it back months later. Yeah. Months <laughs> later. Months later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't care what the intention was. Did that come from JJ? Uh, it came from the novelization. I don't think it oh, came from the novelization, who is also just pissing on everything else, too. That novelization. Those were, those were the three things that broke this week. It was the Raylo kiss was not romantic. The second thing was it confirmed that Palpatine was a clone, which, again, apparently, I saw an interview with Ian McDermott actually said that they actually had, it was in the original script, and if it was in the original script, they should have left it in there because that would have helped a little bit that film but was it in Trevorrow's script because there's some some people who just are like well if it wasn't in Trevorrow's script it doesn't count yeah I, I don't know if it, I don't I don't know I don't think it I don't know if Palpatine was even into Trevorrow's story I don't recall but uh <laughs> but you know again it's just it just shows how effed up this movie really was and you know as as I get months much from it, how well, one, how forgettable it, it was as far as the Star Wars oh. film, and then, and then, secondly, um, you know, if but we said before, if if you're using secondary sources like the novels or the pick the uh, encyclopedia to tell the story, then your story sucked. I, I so I yes, I agree with you on that point. I actually don't think that this discredits this movie as being forgettable considering how much continued discussion whether it's because a novel was released and then people are jumping on things it's still the movie is still in their minds they're still reflecting on well that didn't happen in the movie or maybe if they had put that it would have worked better so i i don't think that it's yeah maybe forgettable is not the right word yeah it, it is definitely a movie that for whatever reason and arguably a franchise at this point a trilogy of movies that has really erupted this this kind of um split of fans and people's opinions and everyone has one it's very similar to what played out on arrow for Mm -hmm. years and still is playing out even the show between um (laughs) Lolliver fans and Elicity fans. It's yeah, insane. I still, yeah, I still see that stuff on on the on the fan, on the timelines, and uh, I even joked with uh, Tasha. She had there was somebody had was grumbling about Elicity, blah blah blah, and I just finally just like this fandom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm actually looking forward to the movie coming out again on um, video. And so that I can rewatch it because there are some scenes I want to rewatch. And no, not just the kiss scene, Will. Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay. Um, there's the, some of the fighting scenes. And I just remember sitting down in the theater and actually overall having an honest to good, good time. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
I just, there for whatever reason, the two and a half hours flew by very quickly for me, yeah. and I enjoyed it. In retrospect, are there flaws? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, you, you, you go watch a Fast and the Furious movie, there are so many flaws in that movie, and everybody's like, well, I had a good time, and yet there isn't two, like, m- three months' worth of discussion about a Fast and Furious movie, and yet a Star Wars movie with flaws, God forbid. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, I, I guess with Distance, you know, I, because I think whenever we first discussed it, you know, I was, I, I said it was enjoyable, blah, blah, blah. I, I like, you know, I was okay with it, but I guess when I see these types of things, and and like I said, I think maybe forgettable is not the right word. I think it's definitely, it, it definitely heightens the polarization of mm-hmm. of yep. how people felt about this film. And it's sort of like, for me, I it, it it frustrates me because I think if they had included like that that particular element, like I said, it's not the end all be all, but it it would have it would have helped internally make just make internal consistency within the film work as far as how the Palpatine get back, you know, and, and you, and you, and you have this like Sith, you know, the Sith crowd in the background and, you know, they're responsible for the other thing that dropped this week. Apparently they were the people who, who cloned Palpatine to begin with. And I guess one of the, you know, one of the failed clones ended up being Ray's father. And, you know, they just you know introduced all this stuff at the last film, and 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 introduced some of these things to try to I guess clean up the the issues that some people had with last last Jedi, and it, and it just again it makes it very frustrating to me with over with time now. As far as when I when I think about this film, and it, you know, it's it definitely keep it has lowered my already. I was kind of lukewarm. I was kind of okay with it, but now it's kind of lowered my my overall thoughts on it. Yeah, well, I I think people just I mean, novelizations are a new thing. Having these movies released in a time with social media where everyone has opinion and a platform to say state their opinion about things, that really says something. And it makes me just wonder, had this trilogy been released or executed a decade ago mm-hmm. or a decade and a half ago, what would have what would have been the outcry? I mean, the the prequel trilogy was released um, almost a decade and a half ago, or, or more than that. Yeah. And and there there was for 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 that period since its release, that was always put put down and talked about. And they debates aren't about the prequels anymore. The debates are about this trilogy, which is yeah. it's very fascinating and interesting. And um, but guys. Like again, I can't I can't state this enough. The movie was released three months ago. Calm down. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Credits roll. Raylo and Kylo Canon. Anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> um Taiki Taikai Wakiti. And Will just likes putting his name in headlines so that he can hear me pronounce it. 
enunciate it, um, is creating a new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because, yeah, God, why, why take a man who is brilliant with original concepts and ideas and say, go and redo this beaten to death story? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so he is is indeed doing a remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but the second part of it, he is doing an original story with the Oompa Loofas. No, no, still not so. <laughs> <laughs> still not, still not enough for you. Still not enough. Okay, it, it, fair. It's like, yeah, like no, I don't, I don't want that. I mean. I want him to, first of all, continue making Thor movies. First, priority number one. Maybe even go and dabble in some Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I don't know. But this man is just a treasure. And I I still have yet to sit down and actually watch Jojo Rabbit. Yes, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that price point to drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. But... He got so much praise and love for that idea, and that was a gamble. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I just I don't want to see that wasted on even even taking a character and expanding. No, he that's what he's doing with Thor right now, and he's executing it great. But yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah, I was excited to hear it. I mean, just because of this, just a simple thing. A lot of the things you said. I mean, he is such a talented talented director he's also going to be writing the stories as well so uh and, and we've seen how he, well like again thor ragnarok uh also the the uh mandalorian last season uh, he also mm-hmm. directed an episode of it so i mean the man is is amazing and i and and like you i, I definitely am wanting to uh, watch jojo rabbit as, as as soon as i can uh, so I, I'm, I'm actually okay with this one. Well, you know, because that's the world we are in right now. <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh, man. I forgot to add the last bit of Arrowverse news. Uh, the Flash has promoted Brandon McKnight, who plays Ch- Chester on the series, to a regular for season seven. And I just also saw a headline that the actress who plays Allegra also has been promoted as well. So this is what we call replacing the original Barry, Caitlin, and Cisco. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> With, oh, so I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but I did see a clip on Twitter last night a Brandon Rouse interview with Michael Rosenbaum where he yeah. talks about how how the CW sucks at telling people that you're going to be written off a show. Mm, yeah. <laughs> i got to watch that with you. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's the Flash, you know, they're coming up to year seven and, and the, you know, the, some of the, stories for you know we've talked about this with cisco i think last week and mm-hmm. um it, they they've kind of hit i think creative the creative end arc into the, his arc um and if he you know if carlos has other gigs that he's working on or other things that he wants to move on from but yet you know have a situation like Jer- a jeremy jordan where he can come back and visit central city every now and then um 
uh, maybe that's the way to go, just to to to, to cycle, to basically bring new characters in. And I know people were like feeling like Chester was kind of Cisco light, but I mean there were some moments in particular in that episode where he he and Frost had that heart to heart at the elevator, where they really if they do it right. And so far, I have to say, I think the new showrunner has done a better job of utilizing the supporting characters. They can, they can really, you know, create a, a, a fresh energy, a fresh vibe with with cycling out some of the characters, and and particularly, you know, let's let's finally end this endless cycle of Harrison Wells. As much as I love Tom Cavanaugh, but we, yeah, I mean, it, that, that idea has played out. Uh, Grant Gustin will probably have that in his contract. I'm not going to do this show without Tom Cavanaugh. True. <laughs> Cavanaugh is like, I have to play a different character every season. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Uh, I, so I agree. Chester, at first, completely caught off guard. And I do agree that after watching last week's episode, that I am Team Chester and not so much um, Team. Team Carlos or Team Cisco. It just still, it's very interesting how on Arrow and hey, I'm going to constantly compare those two shows because there's something, they're going to be forever inter- intertwined for me. Yes. Yep, me too. And, and on Arrow, the supporting cast, I mean, other than really... Emily Bett, who who left, um, but she she did have a legitimate project to go do that she wanted to, and I think she was over it. Um, everyone else kind of stayed on board until Stephen was like, "No, I'm done with it." And then even even David Ramsey kind of stepped up during the series finale, and it was really Diggle eccentric. Yeah. So. So, um, and yet on the flash, it's the reverse where everyone else seems to be kind of leaving and wanting different things. And, and I, I still, I still think Grant isn't, he hasn't, there's something that's been off with him for actually, I think the last two seasons, arguably, where it just, it, it doesn't feel right. He's not as bad as some of the Stephen Amell acting in like season season seven. <laughs> <laughs> so the second half, second yeah, seven B, yeah. yeah. Wasted yeah. all his energy in the first half. So but but still it just it still doesn't feel and it's never gonna be. And this is okay, this is always gonna be the flaw of the flash, is that they had arguably one of the best seasons of TV ever in their mm-hmm. first season. They're never going to live up to that again. Right. Right. That's true. That's so true. But I, I, I think Grant, I, I feel like the last six B he started to get back in sort of the groove of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I, I think six a definitely, I, I felt like he was off and I think it was just, this story with Crisis and just sort of, uh, you know, it's just been played out for so long. And then, if, you know, we finally got past it. So, so now he, you know, I think he is free to, okay, let's, let's do something new with this character. Uh, since we've gotten this huge story point that has been building for the last six years out of the way. Right. And, 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 and we'll see. I mean, they're, the cast is signed to three, seven seasons and, um, 
I think one of the things I, I am, am liking about this season is how they are using some of the newer new source material and weaving it into the story. So, you know, that's the good thing about about this particular character. I mean, it's just so there's just a, such a rich uh, well of of source material that they can they can tap from. So if the you know if and if they need to and if it means some of the regulars from the prior earlier years cycling off um, to do other things, you know, if they can bring in new cast members to keep the keep the show going and and keep the quality up, I mean I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you know, as long as Grant, you know, it's like it's like Steven, as long as Grant doesn't feel burnt out, then you know keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, they may even they may even have a super. I don't know if anybody have a supernatural run, but <laughs> but we'll see. It, yeah, supernatural is is always going to be something that um, I think a lot a lot of people. I, I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I I got on board right when it um, after its fifth season, and it was started airing reruns on TNT. And so I watched the first four seasons, was really all in, watched the fifth season, and then just kind of fell off of it. And every now and then I'll still go back and be like, what's going on over there? But it still continues to be the same thing. So, But it is really remarkable what they did, and I will always have respect for that. Um, Even those two actors, just Mm -hmm. to do that for so long. I was legitimately in high school when it first came out. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long that show's been on. Um, In other news... uh, Black Lightning. Yeah. It wrapped up its third season. Well, the it's penultimate this week. Oh, I can okay. I yeah. give up. Will I yeah. I give up. I'm gonna throw in the towel because <laughs> every time I have You're trying to kill the seat. One of my favorite shows uh, is on right now. You keep trying to wrap it up but the weeks before it actually wraps. Next week is the final ep- final finale so it looks so bad but i could have so for whatever reason i could have sworn two weeks ago you were talking about it and you said the panopolin episode and all of a sudden i have that stuck in my mind (laughs) (laughs) i forgot that i forgot that they were doing 16 season 16 episodes this season so so this is this week was episode 15 obviously which rings me back to my point me forgetting and try always getting confused by this is really your fault. So, what happened in the penultimate episode? <laughs> <laughs> now that we got that all figured, it's always Will's fault. It's, it's always my fault. But what happened this week? So, we get the backstory of Gravedigger told in first person. So, he... Uh, he was, as I mentioned before, was a creation of the u.s army as a super soldier and and he talks about you know they have some pretty pretty good for for black lightning fight scenes of him fighting nazis in world war ii and and how he came about his name of gravedigger which is basically he he did it was it was very literal he just like i kill these these characters and these guys off and i felt like they needed proper graves and i and i became the gravedigger and so, 
but you know, it was, but it was also in the context of, you know, it, it, this is Black Lightning, so you know, it was. You have the social commentary piece of it as well, as far as him being an African American soldier and 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 the, some of the injustices that he dealt with uh, while he was in the service, and so you have that, and then of course you you fast forward to present day, where he takes the serum that was created to, and, and basically he was like studying like all the, the the team that Jefferson had assembled to rescue Lynn from Markovia uh, to, you know, basically get, see what their meta abilities are. And so you had that going on, but what, what I really liked about this, about Gravediggers and, and Wayne Brady in particular is he, he, you know, really brings a, a good like gravitas to the character where it could easily be like sort of a one-off baddie big baddie of the week i mean i don't think he'll the character will go down as you know as one of the top arrowverse villains but but it's a whole you know but it's but it's not a cicada either so uh so that was that was that aspect of the story um the other things that, um, you know, since they are, you know, it is building to an end and the Markovians are surrounding Friedland, uh, Jefferson and and Thunder were trying to recruit Lala to join the cause. Lala's like, nah, I'm, nah, man, I got my own gig. Uh, Lady Eve was trying to get back into the good graces with Odell in the ASA. Uh, so that's some things that they'll definitely, I think, pick up on season four since she's back. Um, and, you know, had, you know, and of course being black lightning, you're always going to have the family moments and, and let thunder and, um, grace, uh, were, uh, you know, they, they got engaged and they were going to have, they were actually in the process of having their, their ceremony, but, uh, it got interrupted because grave digger arrived in Freakland. And of course, Jennifer being Jennifer, she just jumps head first into the fight not knowing what she was getting into, and um, yeah, it, it didn't go so well for her. Hmm. But yeah, but uh, the other big piece that uh, that they'll uh, definitely touch on next week with Gravedigger and Jefferson, there there is a connection there uh, because uh, one of the unique things about Jefferson is he is he was at that point one of the few stable metas that uh, that were that were that was. In the, in the area um, and uh, and so of course Gravedigger is as well and it turns out when Lynn did an analysis it turns out Gravedigger is his uncle well you know because that's, that's so refreshing to suddenly find that the arch nemesis is related to you yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> you know what at least they didn't say he's a clone exactly <laughs> oh, man. That, you know that is becoming a trend though I've noticed um, for a while there I felt like every show the penultimate episode would be that big um, almost the last hurrah where the actual finale would be more of an epilogue. And yet now there seems to be this weird trend 
where it's almost a standalone and it's tell, told in a very different way to make sure that when they do air the finale, you can see all the sides of it and mm -hmm. everyone and you understand that climax. However, I do notice when you do that, sometimes the the ultimate climax of the overall season will be oddly placed in that finale episode yeah. where they'll either set it up for a cliffhanger or if you pull a page from Titans, um, you will put it very early in the episode and then there will be this awkwardly placed epilogue um, during the second half of the episode. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think Black Lightning definitely falls into the the former, mm -hmm. far. and 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 also, I mean, there's also, you know, I didn't talk much about Khalil and his story with Painkiller, but there was, you know, I think, you know, they're definitely setting things up for future uh, stories with these characters, and 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 you know, Khalil's been fighting with the negative Khalil, the, the aggressive part of his personality and they do a pretty dope job of like sort of you know going inside his head and it's like a, a, a corridor and a, a room at the end of the hall and they're always you know doing some good fight sequences and stuff in there but it's also you know this episode really got into how you know how Khalil's aggressive side was responsible for him being the great athlete and working his ass off and being a good student to get into college and stuff and you know the past the the, the the more i won't say i guess the more compassionate side of him you know is the empathy and the things that you know make him you know always wanted to be a helpful good dude so you know those are other good little story points that i think they've done a good job this season of developing great all right well yeah. um one more week no <laughs> <laughs> one more week yeah one more week yeah. um so we also decided to check out Netflix's new series, uh, I'm Not Okay With This. Um, a decision that I don't think I'm okay with anymore. It was weird to watch it because as much as, and I sent you a message about this, I really do think that if you watch the trailer for this show, if you don't like the trailer, do not watch any of the episodes. You won't like it. If you did like the trailer, then check it out. However, I still haven't finished it. And I, in my mind, I think I'm just done with it. I think I'm about two episodes shy. There is something about the pace of that show that really bothers me. Because it just, there's a progression, but it's not going fast enough and it should be considering they're only half hour episodes exactly oh okay i'm so glad that i i i was feeling the exact same thing <laughs> we're I both mean, okay with this <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i liked it i mean it was it was good i, I finished it at seven episodes and it's, it's really it really is bingeable i mean if you really just have you know if you just want to knock out a, a series in an evening you you could you could do it but I agree with you. The pacing is—I mean, for short, for a thirty-minute episode, I felt like it was a slog to get through some of them. Yeah, yeah, and it and it felt very repetitious with some of the episodes. We're like, okay, we get it. We yeah. get she's interested in her, in her best friend. How many times do you have to go through that? Oh no, now they kiss. Now what? Yeah. Um, now, yeah. Now you have the boyfriend come up and. 
and you know he just and, and you know it, it, I think the other thing it definitely you know it has it has all the, the tropes as far as yes. the you know the jock versus the the geeks and I mean I enjoy I mean like I said I, I enjoyed it I mean I would you know it, would it be is it something I would recommend to someone I think you're right if you like the trailer yes go watch it if you didn't like the trailer yeah you yeah just just pass on it or. Or, or 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 yeah, pass on it because yeah. you, you will you will sit you will, you will be frustrated watching that watching it um, if you didn't like the trailer. It'll just confirm. It'll just have your. It'll confirm your 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 thoughts on it. Uh, it but kind of it kind of is bothers me because the actress, the the main actress in the show, she's re- really talented and really mm-hmm. good. However, based on the material. I think she even became a bit stale where it would the same mannerisms, the same expressions, yeah. and she just she didn't necessarily evolve. And right. because she's both narrating and the lead in the show, I just was like, Okay, there's other people in this world. Why aren't we hearing from them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and, and I, but I, I mean, some of the things I do like about it is I like the way that they did it with the with the the, the emotions driving the, the the psychokinesis. I mean, that was a, a a pretty cool way of like, okay, what? And especially when she, when she and Steve when he figured out what was what was going on, and he was you know talking to her in the bowling alley and and really oh, tried. Cool you would like that. It has everything to do with superpowers. And yeah, no, I, yeah. It, it did. It, it did. I mean, of course it had the superpowers and stuff. So, I mean, that was the hook that got me in, got me in to begin with. Um, but I, I, I liked that. I mean, because it did give one of the supporting characters an opportunity to, to really shot, you know, really do something. As far as helping to drive the narrative forward, um, and so I thought that was that was a good use of that. Um, and then the other thing too that uh, I think just you know it, it does have that. It did remind me obviously of the Stranger Thing Bob, using all the the, the throwbacks to it with the nostalgia, all mm-hmm. the '80s songs and stuff. And I had to remind myself, it's like okay, now is this set present day or is this set in the '80s? Um, but uh, you know, but it had that kind of vibe to it. But you know, it, but overall, the series, in some regards, reminded me of some of the other shows on Netflix, as far as with some of the teen dramas. I mean, not quite the same as Sex Education. I did make it through th- that series some time back, um, and that's funny that you bring that up because I started actually watching some of season two. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty close to finishing season two of sex education. Not bad. Not bad at all. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I still need to watch season two, but so it, it kind of, you know, it, it gave me some of those feelings too, but, but I still, I, I think sex education is a, a much superior show. Yeah. No. Well, clearly I kind of I watched the first episode of season two and I was like ah, I'm over sex education and then I start watching this show and I'm like okay let me go back to sex education <laughs> <laughs> and and it I it, it is I I like how you just pointed out that there clearly is a trend with how these 
Netflix original series are designed very similar to CW because mm -hmm. CW has a formula mm -hmm. supplied all across their shows. You can tell a CW show versus another network. There's a yeah. distinction there. And, and so a part of me also applauds Netflix for being able to establish that in such a short period of time with these, these original series. Another part of me is just like, you know what? HBO the only reason you can tell an HBO show from other shows is just because of damn quality. Yeah, like, there's yeah. something very cinematic about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but their their shows are actually very distinct. They have comedies. They have dramas. They have everything in between. So, And they have a superhero show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so I, just, I just hope that they they continue to they evolve that a little bit more make it a little bit more broader and and i, I like i said i don't even think i'm going to go back and finish watching this cuz i'm i'm over it okay you should watch it just for you should watch it that's all and i'll just leave it at that i don't want to spoil you or our listeners if they haven't uh, if they haven't watched it yet Speaking of things that Will wants me to watch, we did watch episode six of Picard season one. And finally, we have some progression. Um, I really like this episode. Yeah, me too. I, like I think it. I like yeah. the setup. I like mm -hmm. the box. Mm -hmm. I like, um, I, I, I'm finding that I think last week's episode, it was missing Norak for me. I think yeah. Norak's a very interesting character because he, although he is on this mission and he is part of the opposite side, when he locked um, Soji in that room and he turned around, he couldn't even face her. Like, yeah. and, and there were tears. And so the part of me is also like, you know what? This isn't a Lex Luthor thing where he's real, like, you really have to an overly analyze his actions where um, to understand if he really loves Lena or not. But in this case, I, I buy into it. There, there was some form of connection, but yeah. overall, his allegiance to his family and where he comes from and what his beliefs were before Soji has, has led him to this, uh, this place where he ultimately has to sacrifice her. And I thought that was a very powerful moment and just a whole sequence. It was. I mean, that I was on the edge of my seat when that whole sequence went down with the, with the box. And I'm glad you brought the, uh, the, uh, the impossible. I mean, the episode's name was the impossible box. And, and it was basically, it was based. I was like, Hey, it's a Rubik's cube. <laughs> but, I know. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's a Romulan Rubik's Cube, but it was it was it was really a good you know prop device to to really get to th the things you just said. Uh, as far as he had to, he was he had really had boxed in his emotions, and you know he was a very complex character, and you know and and but also a very patient character. Oh yeah. Because you know it, because that was a big thing that with his sister to this point in the, in the, in the series, she's very impatient, always like, you know, I want to see results, but, you know, but all those you know, building up to this point and building that relationship with Soji and, uh, and, and the way this episode started out with the two of them, you know, when she was their conversation after she had the nightmares. Oh yeah. So 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, just to your point, it really shows that that connection so that when you get to the end of the episode with the with what happens with her being locked in the room and then he, uh, you know, makes the box send off some gas or whatever, it, it, that anguish and the emotion that you, that you were describing, it, it felt so real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think that also what this episode did is there were... I don't want to call them hints, but there was foreshadowing of how the dreams and this whole dynamic with her mom, where looking back at the first few episodes of the season, there were some times when we would catch Soji and she would either be just signing off or randomly waking up um, in front of her laptop from, from asleep. And it was very abrupt and it was so cast aside that you didn't think much of it. And now in this episode, when Norak starts going down this path about her dreams, you start to reflect and you're like, oh my God, why, what is happening there? That, that really is. And, and I think that um, dreams has always been linked to subconscious behavior and thoughts. And it's really interesting when you dissect what you dream about and how that is connected to how you, um, other things that are going on in your world or how you perceive the world. Um, so his intelligence level, but also it didn't, it wasn't far fetched because of everything that they showed leading up to that conclusion where I was just like, yeah, Norak. <laughs> and then he's like, um, I pulled the reports 70 seconds every day. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's how long your phone call is. Just like, what? I like that. Um, that actress, the actress who plays Soji, did really good when she figured out that she, she wasn't real. And mm-hmm. so all of the motions, all of the things. My one gripe is, how many things did she have to scan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to be like, yeah, yeah, we got it after the third one. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> move on, move on, move along, move along. Yeah, yeah, that that's. But I I, I agree with you there that they could have like tightened that up a bit. But that was, but you know, again, that how he used the dreams and and really tapped into his subconscious and all the patience of. And really trying to, you know, uh, carve out, you know, the human versus the synth and and synthetic, and making her, you know, one of the things that stuck out with me with when he was talking to his sister about that, as far as his, his whole plan was, you know, use, using the, the, this whole process to help her come to the realization on her own without setting off the you know, subroutine to, to her defense mechanisms, so that she was shut down. Right. And 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 so and and you're right. I mean, I think that was the thing that was missing in last week's episode. Norak Norak is definitely that it's such a very complex character and good villain because he you know he's not just he's not just uh, you know your your typical you know evil guy i mean he, he you know he has some he has some nuance to him but even though hugh even though hugh called him out and saw it very early on um uh, that he was tal Shiar, but mm-hmm. and and of course we confirm it you know and it confirms it this week when he talks to picard about it but 
but yeah, that that was definitely missing it last week, and and I'm, I'm and I'm glad that they carried it forward, and and, and really was definitely I think the strongest episode to date. Yeah, uh, and that's also Theo called it because Theo is envious that Norak got into Soji's pants, and he yeah. hasn't. <laughs> I, I haven't forgotten about those looks. Okay. Yes. Just, just yes. And you know what's you know what's weird about this? Um, the Picard portion of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the stuff with Theo. I or, 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 or he or he Hugh. Why did I okay. I put uh, whatever? Yeah. So Hugh. However. I actually think that the writers should have made this all Soji and Norak mm. and really dealt because they took, they took a week off. It's only yeah. fair. And, and honestly, I kept anytime it would go back to the whole Borg and, and Picard coming to his feelings about being now on the artifact. I just, um, I was, I was suddenly like, whoa, 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 let's get back to the main thing. (laughs) (laughs) And also a part of me kept wondering, I'm like, um, Picard, you literally have been on a multi-week, um, um, like path to get here. And now you're here. You're going to go take a tour. Where are you (laughs) doing? Go what, you only have 24 hours get over there yeah. like, as soon as he sets foot on the artifact it's like he slows way 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 down yeah yeah well i think that's the, the whole ptsd and I, and I liked i mean that was the other thing i really liked about the episode was it when i was watching it and i, I you know it was it was definitely fan service to go back to the best of both worlds the episode where he was abducted by the borg mm-hmm. and 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 I love this. I love the way they you know they used a little screen of like of him as Lacutus and then you know and him the, in in present yeah. day. I mean I was I just love that and the same with Hugh as well. Uh, whenever he figured out when they showed the, the difference between he was a Borg and 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 now as the head of the project, but. You know, but I'm glad that they still. I mean, that's been a three line through through Star Trek, even even in the films when they encountered the Borg, Picard's PTSD dealing, you know, having been abducted, and I'm I'm glad they continue to acknowledge that. And it was good fan service, but also it also brought people into the story who may have not watched Next Generation before. It was just a it was just the right way of of introducing that that important story point about why Picard reacted the way he did when he when he was on the artifact yeah no i you raised some valid points and i'm glad you said fan service and i didn't say fan service i was definitely thinking fan service but i've already shown um thrown so much shade tonight will especially towards everything you love (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay but it was but it was good it was good it was good fan service unlike another thing that we talked about earlier this evening but uh but yeah, but uh, the other thing I, I, I really liked about this episode was just speaking of supporting characters, uh, Rafi. And Ralphie had some moments, and yeah. she's becoming stronger, well, arguably weaker, considering the state she is. Um, I I loved how how much Ralphie is becoming almost like a light switch. Mm-hmm. You can turn her on, you can turn her off. 
and and how she able is to convince the federation and manipulate and do this talking and you can see why she is so essential to picard and his mission um in that moment and then immediately as soon as the phone um the line goes dead it's like uh, now i'm now i'm a drunk again and yeah. everything falls apart and and I, again they're playing with this idea that um of what Picard's going through, being where he is at, at this point in his life, um, it happens with people at all stages, um, whether through their own self-destruction, they've kind of broken everything else. So they have this weird identity issue where, you know, she she used to be a pro at this. She used to be able to um, do what Picard's doing. And then she experienced this thing that broke her to this point where she still has it in her. But she also, when she's not needed, she doesn't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a very good juxtaposition, and I'm glad you mentioned Ralphie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, that and then, and and Rio's, you know, seeing that in her, and and I hope they explore in season two some of their backstory, because clearly they, they knew each other. I don't know if it was through when Rio's was in Starfleet as well, or... Um, or, or, you know, their, how their paths cross, but, uh, you know, that, there was that understanding he had with her whenever he carried it back to her quarters after the phone uh, conversation with the captain of, um, her, her, her former friend who's like, don't ever call me again. <laughs> but, right. uh, uh right. and, and, and also, you know, and, and helping her feel relevant again, um. Yep. And, and so, because she is, she is, is broken. And, and, and I, I just, I, and I, it, it was, reminds me of why, as far as like other Star Trek shows, like Deep Space Nine, where the, the, the Federation characters were, were not perfect. Unlike, you know, you know, one of the knocks on next generation was there was no conflict and, and, and the characters, at least among the core characters, and, and I like, and one of the things I do like about this show is there is conflict with, between the core characters and there is disagreement and, 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 and that they're not, and they, and they do have their demons and this show yeah. is, 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 is showing that. So that's one of the things I have liked about Picard. Right. No, I, I agree. And, um, and I was right because I, I figured that this episode would really be the extra push that I've been missing in the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that NORAC push. And and I'm 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 kind of back on board in a way. I never was completely off the show, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely reinvested is a better way to put it. I'm, yeah. I'm reinvested in season, seeing it through and um the the characters to your point are certainly growing along with the overall plot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I know we didn't talk much about Maddox and and and, and Girati and their relationship last week, uh, but you know clearly, you know, and, and and Elnor. I mean, he had even though he didn't have much to do this episode, well, except for you know, has some pretty badass scenes at the end with the with in, in the on the artifact. But uh, you know, again, the, the I like the way they're keeping the continuity of like the candor. And he calling out the fact that she, you know, one, they picked up on the obvious attraction that Rios and Dorothy had earlier. 
and they did hook up this episode. Uh, but also, he also picked up on the fact that she's hiding something, mm-hmm. uh, and it's and feeling conflicted, and and clearly part of that is her killing Maddox. But you know, going back to earlier in the season when she inter- had that moment with the Vulcan slash Romulan agent um, in the park before she went off to join, to join Picard. Clearly, he, she, you know, that, that Commodore told her something that led her to kill Maddox. And, and obviously, you know, it, it does tie into the whole notion of trying to find the, the sense homeworld, which seems, which seems to be the ultimate goal of the Romulans here to, uh, uh, to, I guess, you know, obviously to just destroy them. So, uh, you know, so this was just, again, I think this episode this week really just had so many, it, it really did carry the story forward in a good way. And it definitely got me reinvested. Not that I was ever disinvested, but I did get to a point where I was like, okay, where are we going with this? And now I like the direction we're going in. Right. All right. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.